Out on the hills of war. 
like to welcome each and every one out to the house of the Lord this morning. Glad you're here. Appreciate each and every one of you. I desire your prayer this morning. I'm a little extra nervous this morning. I don't want to do exactly what God would have me to do, but I don't want to. I want to get out of myself and and let you see what He showed me, and I don't want to mess this thing up. I was asking the Lord this morning, said, Please, Lord, don't let me mess this up. And I, I begin to think about that. Lord, I, I, in myself, I'm a mess, but through Him, He's such a wonderful helper. Uh, he'll be there. Uh, when everybody lets you down, when everything is gone and everything's went to the wayside and everything fell apart, He'll be there to help you. He is a wonderful, wonderful Savior. Bless you. He is mine, and I appreciate Him. Uh, I began to think about something, and I know you guys know what I'm talking about. It's something you see that you can't unsee. You ever been in that place? And uh, me and my wife talked about this earlier in the week, and normally I don't conversate about what God got on my heart, and then it kind of left me, so I thought I wasn't going to go that way, and I had a whole other lesson planned out. Uh, matter of fact, I think I had two that the Lord he showed me, and I, I began to go through and make my marks and do things, and had to go back and take all that away. Nothing, nothing that I uh, had thought that I was going to go to uh, was pertaining to the thought that He gave me, and He turned me right around, and uh, <clears throat> but what what I saw wasn't anything bad. It was something that was said that troubled my heart. And as it began to trouble my heart, it began to stir and began to make me search and think about things. And uh, I began to think about this altar in this rostrum where God sends the glorious gospel to us. This is here. And the Lord showed me this. This is here, right here, is purposely put here in the center and to be the most important thing that is in this building. This is the focus and the center of the Christian's life. This is the focus point, should be your focus point of your Christian life, would be the altar and would be the Word of God. And he sent me away and he showed me some things. And again, like I said, something that you see that you can't unsee. And as it began to trouble my heart, it was a it beginning it was something that really bothered me. And then it began to help me. And I thought, now how can that be something bothered me? And then start helping me. So the thought this morning is. I'm still standing. And you'll find where I'm going to start at. I'm going to start in the book of Exodus, and I'm going to give you a little a thought. And then as you begin to see things unfold, uh, 25th chapter, starting in the first verse, if you want to read along with me, I'm uh, several places. But I want you to understand this is a purpose in what picture that God let me see. There's a purpose in what we're doing here. And there is a purpose in sometimes you'll see things and hear things that will trouble you, but that will make you study. It'll make you stop and say, Lord, well, okay. I can't believe I said that, but what about me? 
and I begin to apply it to my heart and my life, and I begin to look and see some things. So I'm going to give you a little backstory of sorts of what God gave me, and when He opened it up to me, I was absolutely amazed. And you know, you read something, and then God will bring it up and show it to you and let you see it. And He did that just for me, and I appreciate Him, because I just want to be a help. But I want you to listen to what God wrote down for us to know. So you'll find in the 25th chapter of the book of Exodus, I'm going to read just the first verse. It says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, There were specific details of what God wanted done. There was specific design. Specific everything that He put in the Ark of the Covenant and this Holies of Holies was specific. God had a very precise plan of what He wanted done. But then I found this in the 8th verse of the 25th chapter. It says this. It says, And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. God specifically told Moses to make him a place that he could dwell with him. And in the reading, as you read through this here, there is quite a specific Certain wood, certain trims, certain inlays, certain colors, certain designs, what God wanted to be done. And they did that. <clears throat> but I'm going to read this to you again. I want you to listen now. And he let them make, let them make, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. <coughs> Alright, so now we're going to go into the 26th chapter of the book of Exodus. We're going to go in the 33rd verse. And I want you to listen to what the Lord wrote down. 33rd verse says this. Again, a lot of this reading here, you can read this and go back and look. It is very, very precise, the detail of God wanted to know. 33rd verse says this, And thou shalt hang up the veil under the thatches, that thou mayest bring in thither within the veil of the ark of the testimony. And the veil shall divide unto you between, and listen, the holy place and the most holy place. Did you hear that? The veil shall divide unto you, divide unto you between the holy place and the most holy place. And thou shalt put the mercy seat upon the ark of the testimony in the most holy place. And thou shalt set a table without the veil and the candlestick. I'm going to stop right there. But I want you to picture in your mind the Lord wanted a place that He could meet with His people. But you, at this time, were not allowed in the most holy place. You weren't allowed. He did make a table and a candlestick for you to come in to bring what you were going to bring to the Lord. But you could not go into the most holy place. There was a veil of that. There was a divider. 
God wanted to be, meet with you, but you couldn't come in all the way to where he was at. You had to stop short. Only the priest could go in to the Holy Throat. And I have read that it, they put a, a rope, I believe it is in history, they put a rope around their legs. If they weren't right with the Lord, they would die. And they'd have to take the rope and drag them out so they couldn't go in. But in the, the most holy was the mercy seat. Okay? You've got this. I want you to listen. I'm going to read it to you again. The veil shall divide unto you between the holy place and the most holy. Okay? Be in prayer for me. Book of Mark. 15th chapter. 37th verse says this. And Jesus cried with a loud voice and gave up the ghost. And the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. Did you catch that? I'm going to read you something else. Luke says it like this. 23rd chapter, 44th verse. And it was about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over the earth until the ninth hour. And the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was rent in the midst. And when Jesus cried with a loud voice, He said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Having thus said this, he gave up the ghost. Yeah. So, as we begin to look, I'm going to go right back over here and I want to read this to you again. This is so important to you that you catch this. And the veil shall divide unto you between the holy place and the most holy place. So God put a veil. But in that holy place, most holy place was the mercy seat. And the sun was darkened and the veil of the temple was rent in the midst. There was a cough associated with us being able to have access to the mercy seat. When Jesus died for our sins on the cross, the veil of the temple was rent in the midst. It was torn in two, which allowed us access into the most holy place where the mercy seat was at. <clears throat> Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says this. Be careful for nothing. Do everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. 
And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So the Lord died so we could have access into the most holy, into the mercy seat. What are we going to do when we get in there? We're going to pray. And I began to think about it as I was thinking about that through this week because I was slightly offended because of what I read was the fact that someone had put something together in, in, in the gist would be the words that they didn't need our prayers that we were supposed to do stuff for them earthly, worldly things that they were tired of people telling them they need to pray about something and I read that and I thought you've got to be kidding and it was early in the morning and it bothered me all day I couldn't get past it and I thought that is the central point of the Christian union is prayer Jesus died for us to have access to the holy public to the mercy it cost him his life but more than that I began to think about my prayer and what I pray about and what I ask God for. Do you know that when God answered my prayer, when I asked Him for something that I have personally asked Him for and He has to take care of that, that's a stepping stone in my Christian faith. When I ask God to help something for you and you're going through something, there's something going on in your life and I ask God to come visit where you're at, and he comes and visits you, that's a stepping stone in my Christian faith. That is a strength to the church. I can give you everything, the church can give you everything to have to offer. But more than that, what you need to understand is it's not about stuff. It is about your spiritual growth with God. And if I say you need to pray about something, that means that you need personally to access God through something He paid for with His life. Through something that you have to seek Him for so He just don't give you automatically what you ask for. He may give you an opportunity for something like that, but He may not give it exactly to you the exact way. It may not come exactly the way you think it will come. But that's going to be a personal thing between you and God. And that is set up to increase your faith in Him, not in man. You can give everybody everything you have and it will help them for a short amount of time and they'll be right back wanting again. It's just how we are in His flesh. But the people have gotten to the point to where they are so backslid and so backwards on God that they think the church just needs to hand everything they have to them and give them everything they have to make them happy. That's not what the church is for. That's not what the Lord died for. He died so the veil of the temple was rent in twain. That means He died so we could have access to that. To the holies. 
the most hope to talk to God about your problems of what you're going through in your life and what you need. And how wonderful a plan He set that up. How He set that up. And how He specifically drawed out these instructions in Exodus. And He said this. There was a division. There was a price that had to be paid. There was a veil that kept you from coming to the most holy place. There was a reason for that. But then, when you go here in Philippians and you talk about that, it says, be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing. Now why do you think God will tell you to be careful for nothing? That simply says, cast everything you have on Him. Because it has to. Just don't worry about anything. Just give it to me and I'll help you. I'll help you make it through. We'll make it through. I'll show you what you need to do. I'll guide you. I'll give you the strength. I'll give you the wisdom. I'll give you what you need to make it through. But what do we got to do? But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. To be thankful for what God's done for you. Don't expect nothing. But be thankful for everything. Know that if you'll get in a place where God wants you to be, He will listen. He will answer. He will strengthen. He will give you the desires of your heart. He will help you. He'll answer your prayers. Do you know what He wants you to do? Let your request be known unto God. And the peace of God what kind of price could you put on having peace with God? Does anybody in here not peace with God? It's a joyous place where God puts you when you have a comfort. But you're careful for nothing. But you're fully, you're fully giving Him everything you have and trusting Him in the fullest. But you're not worried about anything. You know God's going to take care of which passeth all understanding if you can't figure it out. You will never figure out what God's plan is because just when you think it's going to go exactly the way you think it ought to go, it'll turn. It'll be His will. And we may not like the results or we may not like what's going on, but it'll be later on when you step back and turn around and out enough. Have you ever looked back at what God brought you through and it didn't turn out exactly the way you thought it was going to turn out. But you can look back through the steps and see how he moved this, he moved that, he changed this, he changed that. This happened, that happened. And all to end, for his glory, was in the end, was a place that you were at that you can look back and say, Lord, I didn't even realize that was you. I was asking you about this, but then this happened. And what in the world has that got to do with anything? What's that got to do with anything? Then you step back and look and say, Lord, you will run every bit of that. I thank you for that peace. I thank you for what you've done. Shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Through Him. He paid that price. Now, 
And Jesus cried with a loud voice and gave up the ghost. And the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. And thou shalt hang up the veil under the latches that they mayest bring in thither with the veil the ark of the testimony and the veil shall divide unto you between the holy place and the most holy. And thou shalt put the mercy seat upon the ark of the testimony in the most holy place. And the veil and thou shalt set a table with a candlestick and the veil and the candlestick. There is a purpose in what he did. To make a way that we could come to him. That we might approach the throne of God boldly. That we might obtain mercy. That we might obtain help in a time of need. That we could come to him in this place to this mercy seat this again being the center of the Christian union right here there's a purpose why it's centered in the center of the room it's a purpose why it's the most focused place in this room it's designed that you each and every one can see what God's doing up here and what to do about it where to go he died on a rugged cross, he bled, he died, he done everything he done. So that veil, the petition between us and God, would be removed that we could go into the holies of holies for ourselves. See, this all boils down to one thing. Your walk with God is your walk with God. Your testimony is your testimony. What God brought you through is yours. You can't get it from mama. You can't order it online. You can't get it from daddy. You can't talk to somebody. You can't talk through it. You can't work through it. You can't do anything except for one thing. And that is to go through the blood of Jesus to the mercy seat and obtain salvation. That way you personally can see what God did for you. And He paved that way with His blood. He paved that way with His life. For the many, many things that He did, the many things He went through for us, but He did make access for us. What a wonderful, kind, and gracious Heavenly Father is. But again, it comes down to you. It comes down to your walk with God and what you expect from God. What you expect from God's people. So see what I'm saying is the fact that if I had read that and it didn't offend me, it didn't offend my flesh, it offended my heart. Because that's my Savior that they were talking about. And the access that He died for, and it troubled my heart. 
And I talked to my wife about it earlier in the week, and usually I don't talk about my lessons because I really didn't have a lesson in about it. But then I had a lesson and another way I was going. And I said, no. No, you still got to stand where I told you. Because I began to think about that. I'm standing. Standing. Still standing. In what God said. Still standing on His promises. Still standing on the plan that He laid out for us as we use it in our daily life. So see, when you begin to explain to somebody, you need to pray about that. That's not to be taken lightly. There was a extremely high price that was paid for you to be able to do that. And also, the love that someone has for you and not offer you a worldly advice. To not give you a whole True. thing, list of things that you need to do, a whole things that ritual you need to do, and you, you need to go here and go here and do this and do that and talk to this person and go on this mountain and talk to that person and go over and hall and talk to that person. That's not what they say. So what you need to do is search your heart out, find out where you're at with God, and you get on your face and you get your own victory. You can't have my victory, but you can have your own victory. But you can get into a place to where you think that everybody owes you something. I've, and I've heard it said before, and I've said it before, someone that's backslid on the Lord, they only see themselves and fault in their brother. That's all they see. And that's how we can get. We ain't careful. But when someone says, you need to pray about that, that's a gift. That's a gift from God because someone loves you enough to say, hey, I can do this for you, but I'm not. I'm going to pray for you, but you need to pray for yourself. It is no help for you to me to keep telling you and telling you and telling you what God needs you to do in your life. It's no value. You need to pray about it. You need to make that move to go into that mercy seat that the Lord paid with His blood and it cost an extreme amount for us to go not from the holy, but to the most holy. <coughs> See that that is the the big thing. Used to be, in the old Bible, they had to go to the priest and let them know what their sins were, and then they would go into the most holy. When the Lord died, He made it where you could go. So again, when someone says you need to pray about something. You need to take that very seriously because that is a very important step in your Christian life, your Christian faith, your walk with God, and where you stand with God. Because if you ain't where you need to be, you're going to have to get right with God so you can pray that He'll hear you. So therefore, there's another growth that God is going to give you when someone says, you need to pray about that. Don't make any decisions or anything without prayer. And you need to make sure God's in them. He made that so we could come and ask. And He is available and He will show you where you're at. He will help you. He will strengthen you. He will come to where you're at if you'll come humble where He's at. And when He shows you something and when you get to see it, again, it'll be a Christian victory in your life then you'll know. I know what they're saying now. I get it. You ever been to that point where you say, I get it. 
I got. That's what God's trying to tell us. Remember, if someone tells you you need to pray for something or pray about something, that's a very, very, very serious thing. Because that's where you need to stop, see God, hear what He has to say before you ruin either your life, make a bad decision, head the wrong way, make a wrong turn, go the wrong road. There's all kinds of things that happen because God's trying to keep you on that straight and narrow. And if you're not stopping long enough to ask Him and listen to Him what He has to say and ask His opinion about something because I don't know about you, but have you ever done anything without God's approval? Just went ahead and did it? What a mess. You ever sit back and go, that's a mess. You know who caused it? You did it. You know why you did that? Because you didn't stop and ask God. And in the back of your mind, you could hear somebody say, you probably ought to pray about that. And you think at that time, you thought, well, you need to go on and leave me alone. I know what I'm doing. No, you don't have a clue. It says, be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing. Skip along to God's grace and just sit in His bosom and kneel at that throne and say, God, I'm not going to move till you tell me. I'm not going to do anything till you tell me. If it takes a year, I'm not doing anything till you tell me. Till you show me for sure this is what you want. I'm not moving. God, I need a new car. Wheels about to fall off mine. You just put them back on because I'm not getting nothing till you show me what I need to do. I'm going to wait. I'll sit here and wait. God will hit you. And then all of a sudden you'll see it. And you can step back and say, I wonder why my car started messing up right down there by that car right down there. And you pull in and there's something. And God bless you to go on down there. See, there's a plan that God. But He wants you to be careful for nothing. He says, Take my yoke upon you. <coughs> my yoke is easy and my burdens are light. But it also says this. The way of a transgression is hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You ever wore those shoes? I don't like them. I don't know about you, I don't like them. But it's still part of your Christian faith. It's still part of your growth in God. And how I sit back to look and I think about sometimes what God gives me and how He gives it to me. And I thought about this the other day and I thought a lot of times, Lord, I said, you know what? Seems like I'm always talking about what we're doing or our life or something somebody's going through. Uh, you know, why can I do this or why can I teach this or why can I teach that? And he showed me, he said, it's all about what you're doing. Everything in here is either an example or a testimony or a mistake or a price or anything that God did and wrote down for us to read and for us to know, everything in there applies to our life. Mm -hmm. And if you apply it to your heart and your life, you'll find He's the best thing that you ever had. There's nothing like being at peace with God. There's nothing like a decision that you stopped and listened to Him and He said yes or He said no. Or he said, wait. 
He'll show you. But you gotta seek him. With your whole heart. Yes. Not wavering. Not looking, not stopping and talking to 88 people before you get to where God's at. Then you're all messed up and you have no idea what's going on and you can't get anything from God because you done got 800 opinions in your head and you've been all lying and you're looking and trying to figure it out. And God ain't nowhere near nothing and you think you've got it figured out and you find out, well, that's a mess. So He wrote it down so we'd know. But He also let us see that it come at a great cost that we could come here and obtain mercy. That we get strength, encouragement, advice, help. All of those things. I appreciate the Lord. I appreciate what He's let me see. I appreciate His Word and how He makes it so plain that He opened that door and took that veil down with His life that we could come into the most holy. So you could have access for yourself. How important that is that you have access for yourself. No one can do it for you. It's a wonderful plan. It's a wonderful day. <clears throat> you may got anything. I really appreciate the message. Um, there was a point in time after Daniel was born that I was in the lowest point that I was ever at. And I remember Eddie telling me, you just need to pray about it. And I remember feeling so frustrated because I would try to pray to God and I felt like it wasn't going anywhere. But at that point, I wanted it right then fixed. And it's not something that can be fixed right then. It's something you grow with, something like, I can look back on that now and see how much me and Eddie have grown since that point. And how much I have grown as a mother and friend. And it's just, it's important to stay with it. Um, keep praying. Don't lose faith. Because the devil will throw anything at you. And um, he will make you doubt yourself, doubt your friends, doubt your husband, doubt your church. Just wanna, it's it's important to me. It was important that I had a good helpmate to help me help push me. Um, so I really appreciate the message. It, it helped me out. Helped me think of all the stepping stones that we've been through since that point. Um, and I'm very thankful for everything God has brought us through. Thank you for that. Appreciate that. Anybody else? Appreciate that. Anybody else? Appreciate the Lord. I do. I love my church. Just want to be a help. But again, as as Caleb so graciously pointed out there, a lot of times when somebody tells you pray about something, that's the last thing you want. But that's the first thing you should do. So you should have already been there. Right. You knew that. But like she said, 
Wasn't in no place. So what did she have to do? She had to search her heart, find God, and then get advice from God. And when He brought it, that's a stepping stone in Christian faith. That's what this is all about. I'm nothing. I am the least among you. I promise you that. And I have to get on my face a lot of times and think and pray and ask God to help me. Because sometimes I'll have nothing. And then I'll think I'll have it. And then He'll turn me right around. I'm going to mark everything at the end so I can take the race back out because that lesson is gone. And a lot of times God will give me, I feel like a lesson. I'll have it planned out. And it's, then it's gone. And, it, and sometimes I'll go back through and I'll read that. I thought I've read that before, but I don't have any markings in my Bible. I don't mark anything. I don't have any uh, ribbons or anything. I got my little markers. I got me some better markers so I could find my pages a little bit better. But uh, then I'll take those out when I get home and put those back and erase everything out of there so it's gone. So that way, nothing that I go through, this Bible doesn't have any, it has very, very little references or anything in it. So uh, I can look through and see what God wants me to do and then not look into something else. And I'll search through words and certain things. But it is so much a gift that we can obtain access to the mercy seat. It's a gift. It's come with a great price. I appreciate my church. Anybody else? And then he probably gets tired of me asking questions because I do lots of them. Anybody else? If not, you have a little work.